Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we're going to talk a little WTA. That's right, folks. We're back to our, ba- our roots here, talking a little tennis. Joining me, as always, from the other side of the country, Spread, how's it going this morning? Oh, it's sunny California. I'm ready to go. Do, knock out some WTA content. Should be a nice preview for everybody. And joining us from Canada, he got up extra early this morning, folks, so he could watch tennis <laughs> in Limoges. Limoges. Jorge, how do we say that? Limoges. Limoges. How are things in Toronto today? Oh, things are awesome. Uh, can't complain. I got up nice and early pretty much all week. I was jonesing for some uh, decent tennis, and it's been a good week. So, you know, we're been a good month overall when you take the Asia-Pacific uh, wildcard tournament for the Aussie as well. It's been nice to have a little tennis in December. We're not used to that. Usually we have these couple weeks off, but had the tournament in Dubai, the tournament in Limoges has been pretty good. Oh, Greet Minnen closes out. Got my under there by one game. That's always a lot of fun. But we are here to talk about next year. Um, you know, we thought a lot about a good format for kind of a preview podcast. And um, as we started to look around a little bit, um, now a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today actually comes from Unibet, but these kind of things are up at a lot of different books. You should be able to find them if you look around. Maybe not all of them, but a good chunk of them. We thought it would be fun to go through some of the different futures markets. Um, of course, we'll start by taking a look at the Grand Slam odds and try to see if we can pick the winners for those. And then start to look at things like they have odds for you know who will be top 40, top 50, top 5, top 10. So a lot of interesting markets to go through. But let's start with the Grand Slams. The Australian Open comes first. I'm taking a look at some of the favorites here. I believe Serena Williams is probably still the favorite. Yep, I'm seeing her. I got Bovada up here in front of me. Serena Williams, 5-1. to one. Bianca Andreescu, 6-1. to one. Barty and Osaka at 8. Halep at 9. And then everybody else kind of 14-1 to one or higher. Um, so let's start there. And Spread, I'll start with you. As you start to look at some of these odds, you know, in general, who are you thinking of as the winner of the Australian Open? And then do you see any value on the board? So the three numbers that jumped out to me were Ash Barty at plus 800, um, Petra Kvitova at plus 1600, and you'll be pleased to hear this. Sabalenka at plus 1800 does not seem like a bad value, and uh, obviously, you know, we haven't seen a lot recently, but, you know, these are just three names that stuck out to me. We know that Australia plays a little quicker, and then I think that all three of these players, um, you know, have, like, the big serves and you know, the ability to win. Sabalenka would obviously be the breakthrough, but Kvitova and Barty now have the the Grand Slam experience and the Grand Slam pedigree. So those were the three numbers that jumped out to me. And the Sabalenka number is pretty interesting. Jorge, what do you think? Uh, I think I'm going to put my entire bankroll on Coco Goff at 33 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell us about Venus Williams. She's 100 to 1. <laughs> Actually, I can, I can get a lot better. 100 to 1 on Coco Goff at Unibet is supposed to be at 365. No, I'm joking. Um, I like Kvitova. You talked about those numbers spread. Kvitova at Bet365, I think either they have more exposure elsewhere or they're more concerned about her health. She was a finalist last year with a great serve. She's left handed. The courts play fast, but she's 25 to 1 at Bet365. I don't know if you know you can get away with get away from that number. Um, 4% chance on the WTA. I feel like, you know, you look at the other numbers around. How is Madison Keys $8? Uh, how is Kvitova on offer for $8 uh, cheaper than Madison Keys or Alina Svitolina, who's never won a slam, even though I love her? Um, 
Sabalenka, another one you talked about, big serve. Uh, I don't, I don't know how long. I don't know how much I want to better, but she's plus two thousand there, twenty to one, um, at bet three six five. So even better number on her as well. I just don't think you can bet uh, a Sabalenka number until you see her really find the sweet spot with her deciding not to go for traditional second serves. I just don't think she can win seven matches in a row, especially as she gets later into a Grand Slam, um, going big on second serves and double faulting so much. I understand like it's probably like a new age analytic kind of thing, like going for fourth down in the NFL. But until she really finds the rhythm, until they find, you know, run data and see how effective it really is, I don't think I'm going to be putting any kind of slam outrights on her. Yeah, I think Kvitova is the best number, especially if you can find something in that 25 to 1 range. 20 to 1 would be great as well. I was starting to look at some of the higher odds here. You've got Cannon at 40 to 1. I'm not sure she can put mm. it together for two weeks like that, though. Um, it's tough. I mean, Vondrusova, 66 to 1. tough to look at her coming off an injury. Yeah, I'd Kim Kleister's, folks, 80 to 1. How about that? <laughs> All right, Jorge, if I made you pick either Kleister's at 80 to 1 or Venus at 100 to 1, which one would you pick? Oh, my God. Don't make me pick Venus. Why would you make me do that? I mean, that's not <laughs> that even a question. A <laughs> that's not even a question. And it's like, I hate being so certain that Venus is the better value in anything at all, ever. It's the whole point of this podcast. The reason that I'm here is just to ask Jorge <laughs> terrible questions and make him uncomfortable. <laughs> all right, so we like Kvitova at 20 to 1, 25 to 1. Honestly, the 16 to 1 I'm seeing at Bovada isn't even that bad, but I'm going to hunt for a, a better number when we get off of here. What are you thinking in terms of wager size? Is that a full unit for you, Jorge? I know that sometimes you go a little less on the outrights. Um, this earlier, I don't know about our health. I mean, Gosh, if I, obviously, if I had more certainty, I wouldn't get this number. So I don't want to be like, if I had more certainty, I'd wager a full unit. Well, if I had more certainty, so would the books. And therefore, I wouldn't have this number at Bet365. So I don't want to play that kind of like false card. Uh, but no, uh, it's not a full unit, you know, and kind of correlates to the book's price. You know, they're not certain. I'm not certain. But I know that 25 to 1 is a, even without certainty, that's a, a poor price. And it's worthy of at least a, a half unit uh, selection there. Otherwise, I'd like to wait for the first week of the season to get through before I place the the bets. I want to see if anyone gets hurt, if anyone gets better. Um, like Sloan Stevens being the same price as Kvitova to win the Aussie, that's why I will bet Kvitova this early. I don't like even if she is you know has a tweak that she's going to have to work through in the first few weeks of the season and, and into the Aussie, she's still much more likely to win this tournament than Sloan Stevens is from like any standpoint, from surface, from uh, consistency from previous, you know, uh, Aussie Opens from motivation, having to defend points from the lefty angle, she's far more likely to win, and she's far more likely to win than Amanda Inisimova, who's also the same price, or Elise Mertens, on a fast court, who's also the same price. Uh, this to me is a no contest. You look in these price ranges, you look at how she compares relative to everyone around her, and she's the only one that really stands out as like this is ridiculous that she's in the same tier as Stevens, Inisimova, and Mertens. Yeah, I love what you did there. Tiering is a great way to look at it. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes when you look at outright prices, it's tough to wrap your head around where value looks. And what, one of the things I know we all try to do, and we do every week when we do the previews, is who's around the player that you're thinking about taking? Does it make sense that they're part of kind of that same little club? And Kvitova being close to Stevens doesn't make any sense at all to me. No, and I'm looking around, and all the news on Kvitova right now has to do with adding to her team, um, you know, the she's added two physical trainers um 
the most recent articles that I can find are her saying, I don't want to work with women. You know, that's that's a quote in one of these articles. This is, <laughs> I didn't this is, see that. She's not talking about... She's not talking about health here. She's talking about, you know, her new staff that she's added. And, yeah, one of the quotes is um, that I think she gets along better with men. So there you go. It's, uh, it is, she, she, the quote was uh, when asked to work with a female coach, it has never been on the table. I do not think I will be comfortable. I have two older brothers and I find it so natural. So um, there you go. Let that, let, that, uh, let the outrage mob feast on that especially in our sport where they're so prevalent but um this is my my point bringing this up was the focus this off season for her has been on coaching and trainer changes not necessarily on health so i don't i don't have any indication to to push me off uh laying a bet here on uh at 25 to 1 at bet 365 i like that number a lot spread anything to add before we jump into the french open no i think we're good all right Back to the French defending champion, Ashley Barty, as weird as it is to say that. Um, <laughs> not the favorite, of course. She's at 9-1, to one, Halep 5-1. to one. A lot of respect for her game, of course. Um, she won two years ago. Serena Williams, of course, up pretty high there, 8-1. to one. Andreescu at 9-1. to one. Kiki Burton's 10-1. to one. Osaka at 12. And then you start to get into the teens. You know, flipping through here, some of the other big names. Kvitova, again, you know, 20-1. to one. Obviously a much different surface for her. Um, Spread your girl Ostapenko at twenty-eight to one. What do you think? She's coming back. The respect is returned. You think she can carry in her months and months of being defending champion and carry that uh, rhythm into a great French Open? Uh, I don't really have a lot of hope for it, but I think she'll have a better showing. I'm not really interested in the twenty-eight to one number, but I think she will have a better showing, and I think she could at least do quarterfinals. Well, what do you like then? Are there any numbers on the board that stick out to you? I mean, am I crazy for looking at Sw- uh, Swiatek at twenty-five to one? That was a got- long shot. Obviously, I, I favor. I like Simona's t- here for this tournament. Five to one. There's no value, so throw that out the window. So now I'm looking for more of the long shots that I might be able to hedge out of. And twenty-five to one on on Swiatek, Twenty-eight to one on Vondrasova, who had a breakout last year. See, I can, Those I can, the- I can see thirty-three to one on uh, on Swiatek. For uh, oh, wow. Utebet, which is that's definitely enticing for sure. I just don't see many names farther down, like Elise Merton's forty to one, maybe. Yeah, that's oh. See, and I only have her at twenty-two to one. You're getting much better numbers. Oh yeah, and, and Unibet the the Unibet outright markets can be so incredibly mispriced. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Like Noops, I have our long shot for this year. Oh yeah, who do we got? It's again. You know, how we always go into those triple-digit high numbers. Not yep. based on we think they're going to win, but we think, like, for me, it's based on principle. So if you have Mary, Marie Buskova at 400 to 1, and you have, like, Alexander Sasevich at 400 to 1, how on God's green frickin' earth do you justify Teichman, Jill Bell and Teichman at 500 to 1? Oh, baby. I don't understand I it. I mean, that's an automatic, you're not going to get much down on it at Unibet for our Canadian listeners. But if they let you put 10, if they let you put 20 bucks on it, I would put as much as I could. I wouldn't put a hundred bucks if they let me <laughs> on that kind of bet, but like they'll probably limit you to like twelve dollars. Do it. Five hundred to one on Jill Bell and Teichman is stupid. I mean, it's her favorite surface. She's actually did really well this week, uh, despite her loss. We're recording on the twentieth, I believe. Um, despite her loss on the twentieth in Limoges, she actually looked pretty solid uh, in that loss. Was just 
kind of got nervy at the end of the set. That was indoor hard. Like, she's picking up her game on other surfaces, let alone her, her preferred surface of clay. Um, do I think she wins the French Open? No. But you can't place her in the same tier as Sai Sai Zhang on clay or Jesse Pagula at the same price. You just can't do it. Man, that might be even better than our 150 to 1 on uh, Vondrasova last year. I mean, That's and a then. Great number. Look at these. Polona Herzog, 400 to 1. That has to be a play in some capacity. Uh, Kaya Yuvon, 400 to 1. That has to be a play in some capacity. Like, I want to load up on, like, I don't know what they'll limit me to, but if I could put 20 or 25 bucks on all three of those women, absolutely. I should be able to get value at some point out of there. I mean, it, to me, the, the, that's incredible value. Moving up the list, I don't see a whole lot um, that I love. I think uh, Elise Merton's 40 to 1 of the likely contenders um, is, is a decent one, as well as Sevastova 50 to 1. Yeah, Sevastova 50 to 1. That's, that sticks out. I've got 33 in front of me, but. I know there's some pretty big variants there. I liked all those big numbers. It's tough. You're right. As you start to look at some of the women, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around taking it outright, knowing that the woman you're going to pick really doesn't have a chance to win the whole thing. Um, as you start to look, some of those middle numbers, it's what are you going to take? Kiki Burton's at ten to one. Sloane Stevens at fourteen to one. No, Muguruza not Sloane. Muguruza at sixteen to one. I mean, those are just really junky numbers, in my opinion. I think. I mean, you could probably find some value. Marquetta twenty-eight to one is not terrible. I don't hate Shriatek thirty-three to one. I just I don't like taking the the most expensive prices in WTA outrights just because of how fluid the tour can be. So I think one, it kind of devalues those prices when anyone can beat anyone, and two, um, when anyone can beat anyone, that that if if the <laughs> the, the top seeds aren't valuable, it kind of inherently. Uh, shows more value on those forty to one players that could win. Uh, we saw we put a we put a one fifty to one ticket in the finals last year with Vondrasova, right? So and and I think I don't know if anyone else was able to get on, but it was uh, Herzog or was it no? It was Mardich that I put into the quarters or semis head to head with Vondrasova. She was like a a four hundred to one. And um, Mardich is forty to one this year. What do you think of that? Uh, I think that's probably about right. Okay. I mean, that, that was my thing. The, the 250 or 400 to 1 was just downright insulting. Right. The 40 to 1 makes sense. She has, there's, there's a 4 to 5 to 6% chance she wins the tournament. Absolutely. She likes clay. Um, this year, they've kind of learned their lesson. I think they do that every year. They're, we just have to spot those good young clay court players or good clay court players in Marduk's case, not so young, um, mm-hmm. that the book's mispriced and you've got to take advantage of that year. Because the next year, if they make the quarterfinals, the next year that price is not going to exist. If they make right. a slam quarterfinal, the next year you're not going to get that 400 to 1 price on them again. Right. Um, but this year, yeah, the, the looks for me are Teichman, Yuvon, Herzog at, at uh, four, 400, 400, and 500 to 1. And then... Yeah, I'd look at uh, I'd look at Mertens at forty to one. Um, Mahova Mertens are the most likely in that forty to one range to come out. Like you're not betting Benchich on clay. You're not betting Kasatkina above those two. You're not betting Keys above those two. You're not betting Sabalenka or Yastremska. You could justify Ostapenko forty to one. I just I, I don't have the the wish to take five years off my life. I'm enjoying my life, so I'm not going to bet Ostapenko, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that those are probably your best looks, those long shots, and then Meritons and Mahova, uh, as well as Friatek. 
Vondrasova. So there's a lot of good looks at this, actually. I think I like seven or eight futures here at the French. That'll be fun. We'll see how some of those players come back. Anything else before we jump into Wimbledon? Yeah, Noops, I wanted to know how many units did you have on Conte at 20 to 1? <laughs> I just, I don't know what to do with that. That's, I'm going to be so screwed up all the next year. Using some of my data, I'm going to have oh. Conte on Clay as like man of the five best players. It's, it's going to be I'm great. I cannot this. wait for him to be betting her and just frustrated as hell, Ugh. wondering why she sucks again. I'm just going to, yeah, I'll probably have to stay as far away from her as possible. But I'm Lumbering sure around the court. At some point. Who knows? <laughs> it could be just like Burton's on hard courts all over again. All right, let's jump into the grass in England there. Favorite Serena Williams, 6-1. to one. Halep, 7-1. to one. Ashley Barty, 8-1. to one. Andreescu at 10. Pliskova at 11. Kvitova at 12. So a little tighter here at the top. Kerber, 14. Osaka, 14. And then everybody else kind of in some higher numbers there. Going down at the bottom, I do like starting with some of these bigger numbers. Ooh, we could get Heather Watson at 250-1. to one. <laughs> Listen, it's better than like Layla Annie Fernandez at 100 to 1. I don't know how on earth Bet365 spread her there and, like, not the French. Like, she's a clay quarter, not a grass quarter. We don't have grass courts in Canada. I literally can't think of one club in Ontario that has grass courts. Because uh, maybe, oh, there the might ground, be right? one in, like, super posh neighborhood in Toronto that is, like, a four court tennis club um, in a super dense part of town that's super private. But other than that, I can't think of a single one. Yeah, looking through, again, it's, it's hard at this point to get too excited because they are going to be holding on to your money for a little while. The only name that stuck out to me, guys, I'm seeing Julia Gorgas at 66-1. to 1. I wonder if she could put it together for two weeks like that and serve her way to a title. What do you think about that number, uh, Jorge? Well, I don't hate it. <laughs> I mean, that's if you're looking for uh, uh, you know somewhere between mid-range numbers, which I would classify as 33-100-1, to 100 to 1, uh, I don't hate that at all. Um, let me see what I have for, uh, for Gurgis here. If I can get, uh, I've got 200 to one. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, that's a play for me. Uh, small again, like the Unibet, I, I'm telling you guys, if you have access to Unibet and I used, you said Pennsylvania should be getting it soon. Um, if you're in New Jersey, I don't know if Unibet, the problem is I don't know if their American skin is the same as their kind of international website. I can see them because they can only operate like one or two states. I could see them offering only American sports and juicing the hell out of it, uh, kind of to match FanDuel and DraftKings. But if it is the same as their international website, anyone in New Jersey, anyone in Europe, anyone in Canada, I'd get on online and place those today. Um, the French bets I mentioned, and then the 200 to one on Gerges. I think uh, that's an interesting line, regardless of... Let me find this, sorry. Yeah, she, she's she's not a bad grass player either. Like, her last two seasons, she's been 15-5 and five on grass. Nothing tournament-winning worthy, but certainly enough to justify with her serve capabilities. Um, certainly enough to justify a wager at 200-1. to one. Yeah, that's a, a tremendous price. I'm going to be hunting around, see if I can find that myself. Um, anything else that popped out to you? Uh, I mean, I think we had risk last year in the hundreds. Now she's down to 80. Still don't even despise that price. Yeah, it's even at 80. I, I'm surprised as, as good of a run as she had last year and some of the notable players she'd beat. I thought she'd be in maybe the 30 to 40 range. I'm seeing yeah, I, see, I think, like, again, Coco Goff 33 to 1. Like, this is all hype. 
like a lot of these, especially this far out from the slams, like Wimbledon, French Wimbledon and US Open specifically, people aren't even looking at these markets. And I, I think that they're, the books are just covering themselves against like casual betters stream, uh, strolling around their site because Coco Golf at 33 to one versus Risk at 80 to one. Like there's, who's got more experience, who's got more grass court pedigree, who went farther last year, like, I don't understand how that that relationship between those two prices works unless there has been more activity in the market than I anticipated and Coco Goff didn't take did indeed take a ton of money for some unbeknownst reason but um yeah I don't I don't love a whole lot at Wimbledon. How about you spread any numbers pop out to you while you were looking? So risk is 50 to 1 after a performance last year. I think that's a surprise. 80. Obviously like you said since it's tied up so long we're not taking any of the favorites, right? Like you know, Barty at eight to one. I don't. I, I can't see that price getting too much worse if I sit around and keep the money in my own pocket till June or something. You know, but some of these bigger numbers might not be here. And I think Risk at fifty to one is the one that I'd be looking at after her performance last year. Um, that seems like it'd be extremely hedgeable. Yeah, I, again, for those on you at eighty to one, there. Um, yeah, that's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm probably going to lock in a few, like, $20 wagers today across the board. Um, I'm not going to go tie up, like, a grand and <laughs> slam <laughs> futures, especially because we're going to get to other futures on season-long futures that I'm going to tie money up in as well. So I'll probably lock in, like, 20 bucks here, 15 bucks there, maybe 10 bucks on one of the really long uh, French Open odds things. But there's definitely money to lock in as early as today if you're getting these insane odds. Yeah, some of these bigger numbers. So we like Gorgas. Take a look at that. Um, you know, again, you mentioned everybody from the French. Any other thoughts on Wimbledon before we take a quick look at the U.S. Open? No, let's jump in. Serena five to one. Andreescu six to one. Barty nine to one. Osaka Halep at ten. Svitolina at twelve. Benjic Pliskova at fourteen. Keys at eighteen. And then everybody else is kind of twenty or higher. I see Kvitova here twenty to one again. That that's kind of interesting. You know, again, her health is probably even a bigger question later into the year, but. Who knows? Maybe she gets hurt early in the season, recovers, ah. and uh, is in good shape by the end. I was going to say, I was, uh, that's, yeah. You have a nice break in the middle. Um, flipping through here again, some trying to, the, starting at the bottom here again. We could get Jeannie Bouchard at 250 to one, guys. <laughs> Spread any interest in uh, Wang Jiang at 66 to one? No, I don't think, I don't think her game's suited for the U.S. Open. Well, nah. Yeah, no, no, I'm not doing it. I don't think All her right. game's suited to win a slam. And yeah. She's starting to flip through. The first name that stuck out to me, Anna Samova at 40-1. to 1. I wonder if her game's in good enough shape when she gets to the end of the year, but that's kind of an interesting number. Um, but spread anything that you saw while you're flipping around. I think Keys at 18-1 to 1 isn't bad, but that's also another case of how much, is an, how much of value are you going to lose if you wait on that. So that was the one that jumped out to me. How about you, Jorge? Any, any big numbers you liked? Yeah, they're all way down the list. Uh, I'm working my way up from crazy high odds to uh, the more expensive stuff. Um, I mean, Christ, even 200 to 1 for Venus is like... Oh, no. You're not going to do it, are you? No, God, no. Um, <laughs> but that's, What that's if the, I send you $5? That's, like, <laughs> that's the closest I've come in a really long time. Uh, to looking and saying that might be value on Venus Williams. Um, no, my main ones are all, yeah, I'm just going to, especially for today, like we're eight months, nine months away, I think, from the yeah. U.S. Open. 
So I'm not going to touch anything under 200 to 1. But there are four I like. Um, just to lock Let's in. These, these will be five dollars. These aren't even. These be like five or ten dollars. These are like point one to point two units. Um, my unit size being fifty, not a hundred. Like, sorry, I don't adhere to your magical American odd, uh, American odd gods. Um, but like Marie Buskova, five hundred to one. I I don't mind taking a flyer on that kind of hardcore player. Svetlana Kuznetsova, who was actually decent through that summer run, um, five hundred to one. Rebecca Peterson, who really started to emerge on outdoor hards, I, I really like her kind of uh, in between game. She had a little more pop than I than I realized, or that that I had her evaluated at when I did tape study this year, this summer. Uh, Six hundred to one there, going to take a flyer at. And I don't like either. These books are brilliant and are are seeing first round losses for these women and sucking like five, ten, twenty, thirty dollars out of me at a time. But Yifan Wong at nine hundred to one. Like fuck that. That is, I'm putting <laughs> five bucks on that just, just because you cannot price Yafen Wong, Yafa, whatever her name is, on hardcore. It's at nine hundred to one. I like all those. Those are all really good numbers, and it's nine hundred to one. Why would you even hang that? Like you'd think the book would just stop at a hundred or two hundred, pick some sort well, of number. Well, they probably have like a two dollar limit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is I don't even care if, if like sometimes I'll send in a like a, a ten or fifteen dollar bet on these, and they'll be like. Uh, be, when you hit submit, they'll say, we can accept a stake of $2.47 now and send yeah. the rest for approval. And then, uh, like, after they do that, they'll let you put, like, six fifty on it. Whatever. I mean, even six fifty at 900 to 1 leaves you, you know, plenty of room to hedge really early. Um, it's not like they're going to let you put down, you know, a grand at 900 to 1 and then watch Yifan Wong be the Vondrasova of the year. Then they're fucked. Um, so, I mean, even Magdalenette at a thousand to one, did any, did the Unibets, the people who, who write the lines for Unibet not watch what she did this summer, lower level tournaments, albeit, and, you know, we'll get to her overall ranking futures later where I have a play as well, but you're telling me she, like, she doesn't have a one in 1000 chance of winning the U S open, or at least getting to getting a few wins uh, to make that a valuable ticket when, you know, she... How many... Did she win two tournaments on hard courts late in the season? She won the inaugural one in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, and then she made the sole final. So, and then she made the tangent... Like, at international tournaments, she made three quarters, two finals, and one one late in the season. Um, yeah, I have no problem... You know, putting placing her to win the U.S. Open, hoping she gets, you know, two or three rounds into the tournament and maybe uh, get some get some hedging in there. You only need one or two of these women to really go anywhere to to make some cash. All right, you guys ready to jump into some more exotic futures? Uh-huh. We love it. Yeah, keep going. Now these are a lot of fun. The first one I've got up here now. The, this next couple group. Unibet puts together all the women from the same country, and I read a little too quickly here because I was going best Belgian player, and it's got Van Utvank, Flipkins, Minin, Bonaventure, and other, and I was kept staring thinking this must be some sort of mistake, but I go back to the title, and they've actually already given the crown to Elise Mertens. She's excluded from this bet. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see this one, would, too. Would, yeah, yeah, what do you think she would be, I guess, if they put her on the list? Like, minus, you know, 1.5, 1. which would be about minus 200? I mean, oh, no, I'd max bet that. that. 
Yeah. yeah no, it'd be like one point oh five. <laughs> yeah, I feel like one. I, I'd say somewhere in the middle, something like a one point two five, one point three. Um, I and that even that would take a monster grass court and indoor, like, Vanny Bake would probably have to win multiple indoor two fifty or two eighty events and then a grass event. To uh, to eclipse or I, yeah, I'd say probably in the what's one point two five minus four hundred or minus five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that range. All right, well, let's look at the list here. The Mertens list, best Belgian. We've got Van Utvank, uh, 1.85, so right around minus 115, a little more expensive than that, probably like minus 117, if you will. Uh, Coach Flipkins here, 3.7 or plus 270. Minnen, uh, plus 280. Any other player, plus 300. And Bonaventure at 11 to 1. As you start to look at those lists, I kind of feel like AVU should be a little heavier favorite here. Although I don't know what kind of season her uh, girlfriend, Greet Minnen's going to have. Uh-huh. What was your reaction when you first saw this? Go ahead, Ray. No, you just summed up my thoughts. That's why I said, aha. Uh-huh. If there's oh, value here, it's probably on Greet Minnen at plus 280. What do you think, Spread? Does that make it sense to you? Yeah, I think I, I think you stay away from this one. AVU seems right, but I wouldn't want to lay that number and off the chance that she could get hurt. And then I realized that's why I was so off on my Mertens bet is if she got hurt, you know. It, w- it wouldn't be no good. So I think the I forget the, the possibilities of injuries kind of changes these numbers a bit. Yeah, as I'm starting to look through, it's you know tough to trust Bonaventure. I think if there is anybody that's going to beat a- AVU, it's going to be Minnen. I was looking at the field, not too many other names here. You have Yanina Wickmeyer and then a whole bunch of people that are in like the 250, 300. So pretty solid list here. Again, pretty solid Mertens list list. But... I think AV uses decent favorite. Now, Jorge, do you like Minute enough to place a wager, or is that just kind of a lean? I'm going to go through um, the scheduling and the points to defend and where uh, they're both strongest. Like, the thing is, I-, I do think it's a strong lean, and I'm very close to placing wager. One, if you do place it, get it in ASAP, because Minin's still going in Limoges, and these prices are based on, and this is also something... Best singles ranking as of 9th of November, 2020. That means that this will end after the WTA finals. That's important because if Minin goes on to win this week in Limoges and pick up 160 points, I mean, she's going to go from 118 in the ranking. She could pick up a ton of ranking spots this week, and those would not drop before this bet Mm. settles, right? That's also something to remember. AVU went out first round this week. She's done. Her points are done and dusted. Greet Minin from here on out the rest of the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The more she wins, the more she closes the gap, and the more valuable that plus 280 becomes, right? So That's a great point. I, I don't mind that. I also think the second factor is she's a better mover and a more well-rounded player. You know, she's got more pop in her game than I had given her credit for. I was talking about this with Vinny uh, Matter, uh, Matters the other day. Um, she's got a more, more pop in her game. She moves well. She defends well. She mixes up well. And she's much better on clay than AVU is. So, one, she's got a more well-rounded game. Two, um, she's got a few days this week to, uh, you know, pick up some points on on AVU. And that, as long as this price doesn't move, that's that's literally free value. Like, even if it's only five or ten more points, it's five or ten more points you don't have to pay for um, that get you closer to cashing this bet, right? And three, her game plays on more surfaces. Like, she's going to get direct entry to a lot more tournaments this year. She'll be near top 100 after this week. Um, there's going to be a lot of international clay tournaments where she'll get right in. 
where AVU might duck out first or second round and she might be in the finals. Like, I just think that at plus 280, there's a lot working in her favor here. All right, any other thoughts before we jump into top Frenchwoman? No, I think we're ready. No exclusions here. The favorite, uh, Kiki Modenovic, one and a half to one. Caroline Garcia, two to one. Alizé Cornet, five to one. Fiona Farrow, seven to one. Everybody else at nine to one. Everybody else, let's see, you would get Chloe Paquette, Jessica Ponchette. I'm looking through here. Um, Oceane Dodine, those are kind of the top. Pauline Parmentier, but nothing to get excited too, too much there for me, obviously. But um, I don't know. This one's kind of tight. When I started looking at this, the Cornet number looked a little off to me. She's actually, she's in third in the rankings right now. She's at 59, Garcia's at 46, and Ludenovich is at 38. Um, at 5-1, to one, again, I'll have to go back through and do some homework just like you, Jorge, see what you know, kind of happened last year and dissect a little bit and see where she can take a step forward. But at 5-1, to one, that was kind of an interesting number for me. I expect Garcia to continue to you know, kind of fall apart and mm -hmm. have another rough year this year. And I thought you know, Kiki had a nice finish to the season last year. I wonder if she can repeat that, but I don't know if she should necessarily be um, maybe not the prohibitive favorite here, but definitely the, the clear favorite. Spread, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is a tough one. I think they line this pretty well. Um, boy, Carol's so tough, right? I mean, like, off potential, you would think that she would have the best uh, best idea. Mladenovich really, you know, she started strong last year. We thought she would do pretty well with the new coach, and then that kind of new coach bump died real quickly. And she was kind of back to her, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to use her middling, but, you know, she wasn't really like a top contender anymore. Um, and Cornet, if you're betting her, I think you're just looking at her basically just ability to hang around, play a bunch of tournaments, and, and do well. And it, as emotional as she is, um, she does give a good effort. And I wouldn't be surprised if she actually played the most tournaments of the three. So... I could see you wanting to jump in on the number there if you take it, but I don't necessarily think that this is uh, there's huge value in any of these numbers. How about you, Jorge? What do you see when you look at this? Yeah, I think Spread hit uh, <clears throat> hit the nail on the head with his assessment of Garcia. Um, a lot of it, whether you find value in this number or not, is going to come down to how you are going to handicap Carolyn Garcia's 2020 season. And the real wild card for me here is if things go wrong for the first month and a half again, as they did last year, and then they kind of continued throughout the entire season last year, if she changes her coach uh, from her father to a tennis person, um, not to say her father isn't a tennis person, just someone more tennis coachy than, you know, a dad who she's been with her whole life. If she makes that change, I think it changes everything. Um, so I think if you're going to bet something, it's either Garcia at two to one, and if you don't think she finishes first, I think Pharaoh's the better bet at seven to one than Cornet. Um, I, oh you know, really? I bet her a lot this year. She was in there with like Kudermatova, Samsonova, among players I really thought were undervalued. She made a nice vault up the uh, the rankings to you know top sixty five. She was underrated on clay, which is her best surface all season. She went to the semis uh, in Lugano. Uh, she qualified with three qualies uh, and got into Rabat and lost first round. Uh, I, I don't know what fatigue does there, but, you know, it could have played a factor. But um, a quarter in Strasbourg, a quarter in Bastar, she won Lausanne. 
And then the other big thing too is I think she's underrated on hard courts. I think she was undervalued there and, and overpriced uh, in those scenarios where I think there's there's points to be had. The only concern with a Faro um, bet would be defending third round U.S. Open points won't be easy. Um, she's got a title to defend, so the the point defense you'd kind of have to factor that in. That requires some sort of calculation before placing the bet. Um, but if you were to bet something here, and if there's someone who just wants to bet all these exotics for like a few bucks, uh, then I'd say either Carolyn, if you think her season turns around and, or if she fires her coach and kind of gets a boost from that and turns back to the player she was the all court, well-rounded player. Um, or I think Pharaoh takes another step forward this year. I think those are your two options here. Yeah, I like that. I was close to Pharaoh. I just think, you know, spread as you were talking about Cornet's consistency playing kind of week in and week out. Um, is pretty good. I think you're right, Jorge. There's some tough points for Farrow to defend there, but it's definitely for me either of those two. Again, I, I just have no faith in Caroline Garcia at all. You guys ready to talk about Russians? Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, hopefully you guys already haven't cheated. I was shocked when I saw this number. Spread, what is Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova's rank? Okay, so I haven't cheated on this. I actually did look at the Unibet numbers. Um, I don't know. My guess would be like 55. Jorge, do you know what it is? Uh, I'm going to say higher than 55. I'm going to say like 40 or 42. 31. Wow, okay. Does she had a, You know what? She had a great end of the season, didn't she? Yeah, made the final in Moscow, made the final in Osaka. Yeah, that's right. I, I lost money fading her late in the season. I guess that's where she gained a bunch of points to, uh, to, to jump up. It had a nice, made the quarterfinals in the Australian Open to start the season, quarterfinals in St. Petersburg, which I believe is a premier something or other, but a couple decent runs for her. And I thought that that was good, though, because I think we have to put this in frame of reference, because this is, I think, the most interesting list. Um, you've got Pavly Yuchenkova yeah. at 4-1, to one, Sharapova, for some reason, at 4-1, to one, um, Alexandrova at 5-1, to one, Kudermatova, our girl, at 5-1, to one, Kasatkina at 5.5-1, to one, Kuznetsova at seven and a half to one, Blinkova at eight to one, and the field here is nine to one. And yeah. then we go through the field. Who's the field? Some interesting names here. You've got Diachenko, Potapova, no, Gasparian, no. Kalinskaya, no. Gracheva, Vikolyantseva, no. Samsonova. Um, well, Verzonareva is probably done at this point, so we'll stop there. But an interesting group of names to the field. But again, I was surprised to see that Pavel Yuchenkova was thirty-one. Kudmertova's 40, and Alexandrova's 42. So to win this, you probably have to get to 35, at the very least 40, don't you think, Jorge? Yeah, and uh, spread like this, I think the bounce back, like the value on a bounce back here has to be with Kasatkina. Yes, she, that's she, what I was going to say too. She <laughs> plays the same page. She plays a ton. She can't possibly get any worse than she was this year. And, you know, to cup, by the way, like we talked about this in, in pre-production, for listeners to know, this is, this is, while many of you won't have these odds, this is also serving as kind of a way for us to say who we think is going to improve, who we think will, will fall further down in the rankings. But we wanted to bring it to you from a betting perspective. Uh, and that's kind of what this allows us to do, put odds and bets to players who we think are going to trend up or down. Um, just so it was a little more betting-oriented than generic. Um, and in this case, I think Kasatkina is primed for a comeback. She had a nice little run in Beijing to the quarters at the end of the season. But other than that, holy Christ, she has a t she played 21 tournaments this year. Uh, unless that includes Fed Cup, which I'm sure it, it did. Yeah, one match at the Fed Cup. So she had 20 losses in WTA events this year, 12 wins. Are you kidding? 
And three, a quarter of those wins came in one tournament. She has so much room to improve. We know she's a former, you know, top player who, uh, top 10 player, sorry. And there is no way she's going to finish, you know, 70th again in the rankings. Um, she's still going to get into a ton of international tournaments with a ranking at 69 or 70. Uh, so she doesn't have to worry about, you know, going through qualifiers and all the events. She's into all the slams, you know. This is a great opportunity for Daria Kaskina to bounce back. And I think at five and a half to one, um, I really like that bet. And I, I think I'm going to actually place that wager, make it official now. Alexandrova is too inconsistent for me. Maria Sharapova is not nearly healthy enough. Um, you know, Pavs did a great job bookending her season, but looked terrible throughout the middle. Uh, and Kudermatova, I mean, she's my one of my favorite players, but I just can't justify that price. So I think Kasatkina is the look for me. Spread, I assume you agree? Yeah, I agree. And the one thing I was going to say is she talked a lot at the end of the year about going through some mental issues that maybe weren't public. Um, you have to remember, these, these women are really young. They're very sheltered with the life they live. The, the, to become a tennis player, I mean, you have to play hours a day, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I think sometimes real-world experiences, and I think with one of your favorites, Zabalenka, that was an issue this year too, real-world experiences and kind of growing up in the spotlight um, can definitely affect their performance. Ostapenko um, was like that. Yeah. So I believe that's <laughs> all, all our favorites, right? Mm -hmm. um, I believe that had something to do with it. And I think this is the best one if you want to have fun with the field, you know. Um, Kalinskaya or, or Potapova, not saying they would, but I mean, these are women with incredible potential that could skyrocket. I mean, it w would it surprise you if one of those two players had a breakout year this year and especially was, you know, made one of those like slam quarterfinals or semifinal runs? It wouldn't surprise me. So I like, uh, I like Dasha and I like the field in this one. Yeah, I like the field too, spread. You're, again, Kalinskaya, Gracheva, Vikli Yatseva, Samsonova, Potapova. Those are kind of the five names that, that I've seen. And Gasparian there. too. Yep. If she stays healthy. Gasparian, right. Gasparian is yeah. the same thing as Alexandrova. You, you can't trust her body to hold up for an entire season. So you kind oh. of toss that one aside. It's a nice little bonus. But, you know, at the end of the day, all these women are between 90 and about 115, 120. So they need to be playing all year and playing regularly to make that move up to the range of 40. Um, I, I think those are all pretty fun. Kudermatova, though, when I look at this list, I mean, at this point, the best tennis player on this list for me is Kudermatova. Um her ranking's pretty close to Pavel Yuchenkova. I mean, you know, 10 spots off, but that's not a huge deal in the WTA. I was surprised she wasn't a little more of a favorite here. So at 5-1, to one, I think I'm going to go with a little Kudermatova if I can find this. And I'm with you, Spread, a little sprinkle on the field. I think, I think the, the, the field bet, too, again, taking into relation, the, the same odds here as the French field, if I'm not mistaken, 9-1. to one. Yep. Really? You're telling me Ponchette? And, like, who are the other ones in that French field? Absolutely um, nobody. Yeah. yeah. To, like, there was a well under 10% chance that that bet would cash. Like, it wasn't close to value. This one, though, you mentioned those names, like Gasparian, if she stays healthy. You can't assume, and you're probably, you're probably saying she won't, but if she did, um, you know, Kalinskaya is a good young player. Potapova and Samsonova are both two players I have loved to bet on this year. You've got a lot of different options. You only need one of them to make that run into that, to, to make that vault to the top 30 or 50, uh, right? So, yeah, I think here the value holds a lot more value than the French uh, field held. But um, I, I think I'm going to stick with Kasatkina, but I, I don't hate the look on the, on the field from you guys either. 
All right, let's jump into some other groups. Now we're outside of country groupings. There's different little groups that see here, three, some, some of them are four. And just like Jorge said, we understand that not everybody's gonna have access to these, but we think it gives us the nice framework to have some interesting discussions about the year to come. The first group, Maria Sharapova, Iga Swiatek, and Rebecca Peterson. Sharapova, um, just about one to one. Swiatek, 1.4 to one, and Peterson at four to one here. Um, Swiatek, that looks like just an unbelievable value. I don't know if Peterson, uh, maybe at four to one is as well, but I wonder if you just take them both, knowing that it's not going to be Sharapova. What do you think, Spread? I took I took Swiatek and I loved it. And then when we discussed this earlier, because this was a, a prop that all that all popped out to us, I think you guys made some good arguments for Peterson. So I'll let you go ahead and do that. I, I like Swiatek here, though. Go ahead, Hori, break it down. Yeah, I mean Maria was probably my favorite female tennis player growing up. Um, it then, you know, after. Uh, all the injuries and, and scandals. I kind of always like seeing Serena keep racking up the titles to try and set the record and beat Margaret Court. But now, one of my favorite young players now is is Sriatek. I think I've raved about her on this podcast for the full, at least a year, maybe a little longer. Um, and I think that plus 140 there is ridiculous value. Look, I don't think Maria's body's going to hold up. Uh, I don't think it ever will again. I think she's pretty much uh, past the best before date in terms of making the top 30 or top 50, uh, which is going to show extreme value on two relatively young players who like playing on hard courts. And like Sviatek loves clay. There's a ton of clay tournaments. Peterson loves outdoor hards. There's a ton of outdoor hard court tournaments. You've got two players who like the right surfaces um, to be able to gain a ton of ranking points throughout the year. They're both young and can play a ton. Um, and Sviatek, we've talked about this uh, in our in our kind of Twitter group chat. Um, the one thing I love about the young Polish player here is that she set herself up for a big season so well. Last year she played so many qualifying matches. Like she had to qualify. Um, oh, I, I had them counted up and I don't believe I noted them down. I think she played six different tournaments where she had to qualify with three qualifying matches. Auckland, she lost in the third round of qualifying, but there was three rounds. The Aussie, she qualified, needed three rounds. Um, she needed three rounds in Prague. She needed... She got in directly to the French, but would have needed three there. She needed three rounds in Birmingham. Uh, and then, so four tournaments, sorry. She needed three rounds of qualifying or played three qualifying matches. And then there were at least uh, three or four more where she needed to qualify for two matches. That is a lot of match play. And those are, you know, 15 to 20 to 25 matches she will not be playing this year. So that kind of physical toll will not be on the body and all of that will be then put into main draw matches where the points are so much more valuable uh, and can really help vault you up the rankings. So I think in terms of like logically and logistically, she's top 60 with a ton of room to improve and she's young and can play on just about every surface. That bodes so well for me that I, I hate putting full season long multi-unit outrights down because you don't know how injuries will work. You don't know you know, you tie it up for a while, and if you've got 15 bets, that's a lot of money tied up. But this is one where I'm going to put multiple units on uh, Sviatek at plus 140. Yeah, I and I think one thing about Sviatek is if you, when you go to your tape study, I'd say of the young players between her and Vondrasova, her game jumps off the screen, right? I mean, some of these girls, uh, I'll be honest, it's kind of a slog, <laughs> you know, when you get past the 50s to do some of the tape study. 
Either their games kind of you blend together. You know, they're all kind of similar. Swiatek and Vondrasova always jump off uh, the tape to me, and they're always an enjoyable watch. And I think that's just uh, just due to their immense talent. So I think that's another thing Swiatek's got going for. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. We go Swiatek. Um, nice price on Peterson, but Swiatek is the the winner here. Now, next group, four players, a little better. Um, kind of tightly grouped from a ranking perspective already. We've got Kerber, 1.75 to 1, Mahova, 2.5 to 1, Vekic, 3 to 1, Martic, 4 and a quarter to 1. Now you look at the rankings right now, Martic is 15th, and then you've got Vekic at 19, Kerber at 20, Mahova at 21. Um, Kerber the favorite here. I think that probably makes sense. You know, it's um, an even numbered year, and she's usually better in those, so. Maybe she'll <laughs> pop in a couple grand slams again finally. Spread, what was your reaction to this list? Yeah, so you guys got to talk me out of this. How is this not Kerber? Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm missing something, right? So go ahead and explain to me why the Kerber shouldn't be favored by more. I don't know if I can. Can you, Jorge? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a Caroline Garcia kind of situation all over again. It, it depends. Do you think she kind of stuttered this year? I think she's down to, what, like 20 or 21 in the rankings now. Do you think yeah. she recovers, or do you think – you know, she's now kind of going, you know, trending downwards. If you think she's trending downwards, this is a situation where... Uh, hold on one sec here. Uh, give me a second. Sorry. If you think she's trending downwards, this is a situation that I think you capitalize with Mahova, um, who's on the upward trajectory, who can play on multiple surfaces. I think that's the way to go. Okay, but again, so it, my... it's all dependent on if you think Kerber is going to bounce back to slam winning form, then it's a slam dunk. If you think Mahova is going to improve and Kerber continues to decline, I think Mahova is a slam dunk. I don't think you're betting Martic. I don't think you're betting Vekic. I don't think they, they're as well-rounded. Um, they're not as young. They're not going to improve as much as Mahova. So I think that's, those are really your two choices, the two favorites. And for that reason, I'm going to pass. I think the main concern for Kerber is, is the physical condition, right? I don't really think that when she was healthy – I don't think her game had that much decline. I think she was carrying injuries all summer, and it caused her to put some bad matches on tape that that made us think that there was more of a decline than there really is. So my main concern for her would be her ability to stay healthy. But, you know, if you told me that she's she's going to be healthy, I mean, this is a slam dunk. So I, I really like Kerber here. I think she's going to bounce back. I think that she was really hampered with injuries, and not only did it affect her match play, I, I think it definitely affected her preparation. All right, the next list is a little funkier. You've got people all over the place from a ratings perspective. We've got Venus Williams, who let me just double-check <laughs> her ranking. She's at 52. You've got Van Utvang at 47. Um, Georgie at – she's ranked 100 right now. And I'm having a little trouble finding Kat McNally. I think she's somewhere in between that group. Now, she's at 120. So this is a pretty disparate group. But as you start to look at the prices, they're very tight. You've got Venus, the slight favorite, at 2 at 0.1 to 1. You've got Van Utbank at 2.4. Uh, Georgie at 3. McNally at 3.6. So the market here seems to think that Georgie and McNally are going to kind of have uh, bounce back years and move up, and that Venus is going to continue to fade back. And it looks like they think AVU is going to fade back. Um, that Van Utbank price looks great to me. I can't think of any reason that she would take a huge move back. And I struggle maybe to see how the other two would jump past her. But um, Jorge, what was your initial reaction to this list? Uh, well, my initial reaction was laughing really hard at, you know, <laughs> them having Venus Williams as the favored woman to finish with the best ranking among these four. 
Uh, I'd sooner bet Camilla Georgie than Venus Williams, and I would never bet Camilla Georgie in a season-long outright for anything. Um, so it comes down to Van Utbank versus McNally. Um, it's a tough situation. I will have a bet at some point, just because if you're going to make Venus even a plus 210 favorite, a favorite of any kind, to have the best ranking out of four players at the end of the season, I don't care how much you juice it. There is value to be found in one of these numbers. Period. End of story. Like, you cannot make Venus Williams say that she's going to have, like, make her favorite to have the highest rank. You can't. There's, unless you're juicing it, like, an, an insane amount and just not getting any action on the market at all, um, there will be value elsewhere because Venus should be, like, plus 400 here. And I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, she's not even, uh, what is she? Isn't Van Uvenk already ahead of her? Um, yeah, she is. She's starting from about, oh, get the hell out. No, there has to be a bet here. I'm, I'm leaning uh, Van Utbank. I might just put a little bit on Van Utbank and McNally and just trust my read that one of them will um, finish the highest. McNally, while, while she's way down, she's an exciting young player. She's, she gets you know wild cards to play. She plays doubles with Coco Goff. A lot of those places, uh, I was reading an article about Auckland. I think Coco's going to get a wild card there. Um, and McNally plays with her in doubles. She might sneak a wild card. She plays well on grass. She loves indoor hard courts. So, you know, hopefully, I think the, the the do or die point for her would be, can she get into those February indoor hard court tournaments in like Budapest? And if she does, can she make a quarter semi-run? Because if she can do that at the beginning of the season and position herself really well, um, she loses like 100 or 150 points from Midland, uh, which is a big ITF every year at the end of January, early February. I don't know if she's going to go back to defend that title. If she does, and she can defend most of her points there, and then, you know, maybe play another indoor, uh, fly back to your play an indoor. Uh, I don't know what her schedule is going to look like, but I just think with Grass and her hard court pedigree, um, she could be able to, to vault up to like 45 or 50 by year's end. And of this group, 50 might get it done, if you know what I mean. Sorry for the long-winded explanation, but I think... Um, if 50 gets it done, she could jump 70 spots easily this year um, with the fact that she's going to play a ton of hard court, indoor hard court, and grass matches. Spread any value for you on the board? I don't see value, but I think that the books are pretty sharp with this one. I love that they threw Georgie in here as basically like the wild card yeah. upset everything because I think a lot of players like Jorge will say, you know what, I'm not going to touch her on a season-long mm -hmm. run, right? But... She, she, if she decides she wants to play tennis for a little while, she can get hot and rack up a lot of points really quickly. Um, because mm -hmm. if this, if we change this to most titles for the next year, I think that she'd have a much better chance because she can get hot and win a couple titles. Obviously, ABU is pretty sharp on the indoor tournaments. Um, but I think Jordy has a good chance to upset the apple cart here, so I think they line this pretty well. That's that was actually, yeah, you know what? Uh, if uh, <laughs> that's an interesting because if Georgie wins one premier level tournament for 470 points, which she's very well capable of doing, considering the season she had spreads right, like that could sink any other bet alone. Like right, one one slam fourth round, again, yeah. which she's more than capable of doing. She could play a nobody in the first round, nobody in the second round, and a clay court and seed in the line. yeah, and play a clay court seed in the third round. And she's in the fourth round with a premier level tournament elsewhere. She could those could be her those could be her only two results of the year, Ostapenko style, and 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 you know, sink this bed. So that's an excellent point and something I'll have to, uh, have to factor in before I make it official. 
All right, next group's a little tighter again and some better players here. We've got the, the fringe top 10 here. Benchich 1.8 to 1. Um, you've got Kennan 3 to 1, Kiki Burton 3.2 to 1, and Madison Keys 3.2 to 1. And again, very closely grouped. Benchich is 8 right now, Burton's is 9, Keys is 13, Kennan's 14. Spread. I heard you perk up a little bit. What do you think? I mean, I just think this is just a fun group um, to deal with, right? I mean, Benchich is rightfully the favorite, but I don't think that the price gives you a lot of value. So then let's look if we're going to have some fun with it. Cannons, Burtons, or Keys. Um, so there in the, the first two, Cannon and Burtons, I think you have players that are going to give you solid efforts, uh, play a lot of tournaments, and do, you know, give you pretty consistent results, beat players that they're better than, and, you know, maybe struggle against the top 10, top 20. And then you have Madison Keys, who has the ability to... to you know, beat the top players, but doesn't necessarily give you the consistent results. Uh, I think this is a lot of fun, but I would actually be looking at Kennan here at three to one. I think that she gives you the best value. What do you guys think? Kennan's is probably the safest choice. You know, she's going to be playing the most tennis of the group. I think this is lined pretty well, though. Benjic for me is the best player. You have injury concerns there. Um, Burton's, you know, continues to kind of be up and down and still has yet to ascend to you know, the heights that we thought she could in some of the bigger events. Keys, you know, kind of similar, not quite, you know, as, as big of a move as Georgie could make, but if she comes out, makes the quarterfinals to two Grand Slams, sneaks a premiere in there, um, she jumps up pretty quickly. What are you thinking, Jorge? I think this is my my favorite group that I won't be betting. Um, yeah. You guys you guys hit on pretty much all of it. Benchich injury issues, uh, Bertens, while she has a ton of points to defend through, like, Madrid final in Den Bosch, um, you know, even a random Palermo final, a win in St. Petersburg, semis in Sydney, like a bunch of stuff you didn't expect her to have that she'll have to defend that I don't know if she'll be able to. But then to make up for it, remember, she retired in the second round with that uh, virus or whatever of the French Open where she could add 2,000 points or nearly 2,000 points there where she could be a favorite. Too many questions around Bertens. Can she defend the ones she has and will she pick up a ton at the French? So scratch her off. Keys is the Georgie-like wildcard here. Would it surprise you if she won the U.S. Open and went to the Aussie semi? No. And that alone would be like, you know, 32, 36. I don't know. I can't remember the exact uh, numbers. But that's well over 3,000 points alone um, if she could play well at two slams. And then Kennan is the consistent one. But she's got plenty of points to defend at a lot of different tournaments. And if she becomes a player who moves away from internationals... And moves into playing a, a, a much more, a much less congested schedule, and much uh, far more big events without the smaller ones. She could run the risk of running into really good players a lot earlier and and losing, and then not having those international points to prop her up. So there's a lot of question marks here. It's a fun group, tough to place a bet. Right. One more kind of interesting group, another tight group. They're kind of in the 10 to 15 range here. We've got Elise. Merton, she's ranked at 17. Allison Risk is here at 18. Zachary and Anna Samova there at 23 and 24. Now, Merton's the favorite at 1.5 to 1. Anna Samova, 1.85. Zachary, 4 to 1. Risk, 5.5 to 1. So, two pretty, I'm not clear. It seems like the markets think the choice is between Merton's and Anna Samova. Would you agree with that, Jorge? I would 100% agree with that. Um... The, I, I'm not going to place a bet here. I would, I would almost say this is the, the time where I see a favorite with some value. Plus 150, Ooh. I mean, 
the implied odds are Mertens wins this group just 40% of the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that's really enticing. Um, because Anis But the problem is Anisimova has so much room to add points after the French. But then again, can she defend her semifinals at the French? Even if she can't, she's probably going to go farther at Wimbledon this year. She's got all the summer hardcourt swing where she picked up two wins. One in San Jose, one in Wuhan. Um, she didn't play the U.S. Open, which is going to be a lot of points for her because she's likely to be seated there. And um, and that means probably an easy third round appearance. The title in Bogota, it doesn't concern me as much defending because as much as it's in on clay, it's an altitude where you see like, you never expect that player to win a clay court tournament. That's the place where they do because of the altitude and the serve playing up. So, you know, and even if she gets to the, the final there and doesn't win it, it's very few points coming off. So too much of a question mark with Anisimova for me to place Mertens. But if, I mean, the implied odds are still really low on Mertens. And I think there's a better than 40% chance she wins this little pa- the grouping. But the problem is I couldn't, I don't have an exact percentage or a precise enough percentage with the information available to be able to make a bet. Like, does she win at 50% of the time? Does she win at 60% of the time? That's all contingent on Anisimova. And as a result, I don't know. I can't calculate my edge, and I'll probably have enough other bets to pass on this one. Sprint, anything to add here? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think that, that I think, I think the, the 40%, 40% on Mertens is right. I kind of, with number one, I don't, I see another one that I think was carrying injuries and still playing last year to where they weren't bad enough to keep her off the court, but I don't think we saw the best of her. So that would be a concern for me that she misses time this year. Uh, obviously, Anisimova's ascension um, could be an issue. And so from the number-wise, I think risk would provide the best value just because if she can improve her hard-court play and take advantage of some of these quicker surfaces where her game should play well, uh, I think she would have a chance to catapult if Mertens had problems, and then Anisimova kind of had a sophomore slump. So I think I'm not going to bet it, but if, you know, you gave me money and you said, you know, the only thing you spend this money on is this bet, I would choose risk. All right, we got one more group here, and we missed this on the country rankings. Jorge hit it at the end, I assume, because he wanted us to skip it over, but ha! We got no, 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 it's, it was just listed that way for some reason. It's best American. We've got Serena Williams as the pretty clear favorite, uh, 1.35 to 1, the field at 5 to 1. Uh, Kennan, who's like American, I guess, five and a half to one. He's six to one. Anna Samova, eight to one. Stevens, uh, nine to one. Risk, 13 to one. Looking at the field here. So if you wanted the field, you could get some women like Venus Collins, Venus, Jennifer Brady, Lauren Davis, the uh, brilliant Coco Goff, uh, the aforementioned Kat McNally. But I think that uh, we can pass the field here, given some of the heavy hitters that are here. We'll start with you, Spread. Uh, how much are you going to bet on Serena? I'm betting on Sloan. 10 to 1 or 9 to 1. That's it. I like Sloan here. I think that she's got the best chance. Obviously, you know, we're going off a Serena injury or, you know, something of that nature. Maybe she gets pregnant again if she doesn't want to do this anymore. So, but, but that's, that's just, it's just a number based play. So, and 9 to 1, um, that Serena doesn't play a full season of tennis, and I'm getting Sloan Stevens, who has really the talent and the ability to be the best American player. I'll take it. Interesting. A little flyer there. What do you think of that strategy, Jorge? 
I think Sloan Stevens is one of the worst players to make two slam finals maybe ever. Um, wow. So <laughs> I couldn't disagree more, but I, that's just a fundamental cool. handicap disagreement. We saw that in yeah. another group too. So like, I'm like, it's, it's just, we have different assessments of her and as a result, our right. prices are going to differ. So um, for me, I would say Serena or pass. I mean, she made how many slam finals this year? Two? Two, two, two. Uh, she, yeah, she didn't fare very well in them, but like, she's still Serena Williams. Uh, still a thousand points, right? And I don't think, uh, like, I mean, she when she, how do I say this? Put this when she returns at the when the season starts this year, she will be in a much better position than when the season started last year. I don't think she's losing in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open this year because she played all of twenty. 19. She's going to be far more ready. She probably probably won a lot last last year if she rolled her ankle. Right. And I don't think, you know, as a result, what what was the fallout of that? She went, she won one match and then retired at Indian Wells. She won one match and then walked over in Miami. She's going to add points in both those spots. She's going to add points in Rome. She's going to add points at the French Open. She could very well defend Wimbledon points or win Wimbledon. Um, and then she only played Toronto and U.S. Open. I don't see where she loses a ton of points. And I think, especially early in the season, she has room to gain a ton of points. I think Serena Williams is a bet. Even at just plus 135, that implies less than a 50% chance Serena's the top American. When was the last time Serena wasn't the top American where she played a full season? That would be a good thing to go back. It's either, it's either Serena or Madison Keys in like some sort of breakthrough year at 6-1 to one are really the only two options here fire? for me that I see. But I think Serena Williams could also be a multi-unit bet here. I just think her, just the fact that one, she's Serena, should be 50% alone. Uh, and then you look at her beginning of the season last year where she could add so many more points this time around. Oh, hell yes. that's has got to be a bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Harry. I think it's Serena or pass. I am curious, though, to see if I can find the last time she wasn't the highest-ranked American. Um, where she played a full season see. is the key. You know, that's true. When she played a full season, yeah, that's that's an even better point. The answer to that has to be probably never. So I think it is. I think it's. I think Venus had her nineties and early two thousands. Yeah, like yeah. for a couple of years when Serena was still a kid, kid, and Venus was winning her slams. Um, but it, it would probably be fifteen, almost fifteen plus years off the top of my head. I would say it's been over a decade. I mean, it's just the history, the numbers, the scheduling. Um, just nothing points just to Serena not being value here at a price of plus 135. I just, I can't see how someone else wins this grouping more than 58% of the time. I mean, that's, that's a break even point, but even if you think she only wins this, the, the, she only, she's only the top American at the end of the season, half the time, which is a super conservative estimate. You're looking at an edge of seven and a half percent on the on this price. This is a massive edge to me. Like I have her closer to sixty percent here. That's like a seventeen and a half percent edge. Like this has to be a large wager. The only concern, I guess, for me is injury, and then tying up your money all season. Yeah, but she was hurt. Uh, she was hurt this right. year and still edge. finished, I believe, as the top American. No. She's top 10, top American. She doesn't have a, a slam win to defend. And so the slam final, like the making a final, I think is worth 1,200 or 1,400. I think ATP is 12 and the WT is like 1,350 or 14. So if she, even if she gets to the slam final and, and, and she wins one, let's say she gets back to two finals, whether it's Australia, 
US or Wimbledon. She makes two finals and even wins, wins one there. She's adding like 650 points to what she did this year. And then we haven't even talked about Miami and Indian Wells where there's a ton of points up for grabs and she barely secured any last year. I, I, I just don't know how you can, other than uh, an injury, which is baked into the price. I mean, it's implied she doesn't win the group 57.5% of the time. Almost all of that has to be, or doesn't, by the group, I mean, Americans, of course. Almost all of that 57% has to be if she hurts herself or, or retire, you know, really sucks for a bit and retires. But see, I don't know. It has to be like some, one of those crazy variables. And I think you're right. It's, it's a pretty solid number. All right, gentlemen, one more group here before we wrap. We've got odds for the number one ranking here, best singles ranking at the end of the season. Barty's the favorite at three to one, followed closely by Andreescu at three and a half to one, Osaka four and a half, Halep six and a half, Serena at eight, Pliskova at 14, Svitolina 17, Kvitova 20, Sabalenka makes the list at uh, 39 to one, which is pretty interesting. And then any other WTA player, 24 to one, I think it's probably those first four names, Barty, Andreescu, Osaka, Halep is kind of where the conversation begins and ends with me. We'll start with you, Spread. What do you see in this list? Simona. This, is, this might be my favorite bet here. She gets Darren Cahill back. Um, hard worker. Hopefully she won't have any problems with the injuries this year. And at that number, I love it. I'm taking Simona Halep here. I think that is probably the best number of the group for sure. What do you think, Jorge? Is it uh, Halep or do you like something else? It's, it's Halep or pass. The other three numbers are so short. One injury uh, or, you know, they uh, Osaka won a slam. Barty won a slam. Andreescu won a slam. If any of them get hurt and miss their slam defense, like, <laughs> you're losing 2,000 points right there. Uh, it's almost, it's virtually impossible for them to recover and, and, key, and, and become number one after all that. Um, and they're so short. Like, one injury for a month and a half, two months could destroy your bet. And, you know, they're all 20% implied or better uh, other than Osaka, who's slightly under 20. No, I just, I can't, I can't justify anything ex other than Halep or Pass. What about, about the Halep field at 24 to 1? No, not a chance. No. I, as as fluid as the WTA is, I think it's more fluid match to match. Like, end of the season, it's pretty steady at who's going to be in that top five. Like, you, you know the top five... You just don't know when the top five are going to lose their individual matches because it could happen at, on any given day, right? So uh, I, I think the WTA in individual matches week to week is a pretty fluid kind of uh, tour, but I don't think in a, in a season-long sample size you're going to see some surprise shock name end up at number in the top three, let alone number one. I would, I would argue, argue that Barty was kind of a shock. I don't think that when we were in our, our previous last year, we considered her to be a candidate well, for the top players. So. Andreescu was, was too, but Andreescu was one of the best right. young players out there. Barty, we knew, had a huge serve, was great on grass. She just surprised a lot on clay. I just, I, I don't know where you're going to find that. Like, both those women have insanely good games. I don't, yeah. I don't know who the crazy great game is um, not on this list, outside of maybe Anisimova. Um, that could really stun us, like like uh, with a with a run. And even then, if Anisimova gets top three, that bet loses. This is number one. This is one or nothing. One or done, right? So I I, I can't see a a player running and making that kind of surprise run to number one. Yeah, I'm looking at the list of the people that aren't on here since you kind of piqued my interest. Spread Benchit would be the only name that sticks out. But if you offered me just her at 24 to one, I no. wouldn't take that. Um, That's a thing too. Is like you get a ton of players. 
but they have to finish number one and then then you essentially have to take the ones you like figure out what their price is then you know figure out what the combined price is the combined percentage i i just don't i don't see much value there all right, all right gentlemen, gentlemen anything else here before we wrap it up no, I, no think I think this is a lot of fun. fun. I think this is a great preview. And the cool thing is we'll be able to retweet this to the listeners all the way up until uh, maybe even when the Australian Open starts. So I think we have a lot of good content. Um, so if you know, people miss it right away, there'll still be an opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah, you make a great point. So um, we'll be sending this out quite a bit. And you know, feel free to ask us a lot of questions. We appreciate the follows on Twitter. And you can use the uh, podcast tweet. It's a great spot to put some questions. We can share those out. Other people will be able to see it. And we'll be sure to get back to you on our responses. Again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you had a great season last year. And we couldn't be more excited for next year, getting back into our weekly rhythm, previewing tournaments, picking outrights, talking about matches. So thanks again. Please, we'd love a rating or review or a subscription on whatever service you're using to listen to this. And have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.